In the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, we do pray, and whom we are about to discuss. This morning, this particular passage of Scripture is uh, unique in its presentation in that John uh, deals with uh, this passage uh, just a little uh, differently, um, yet uh, the same. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting because um, John, uh, in his uh, this passage of Scripture this morning, gives us a parallel of what seemingly uh, is two worlds, yet they're in the same universe. Two, two, two of everything. It looks like a parallel uh, of what's happening on the inside versus what's happening on the outside. And they seem to be, there's some interesting things that John happens to pick uh, out in this particular presentation of the scripture or narrative of scripture. Uh, Sister Taylor, uh, over in verse uh, uh, 15, uh, it follows uh, our passage of scripture last week where we left off uh, where Jesus is bound uh, and is taken to the house of the high priest or the political figure and uh, he's being questioned bound, arrested last week arrested this week put on trial uh, or a, a better way maybe to say this is last week arrested, this week tested. Uh, but but there is more than one on trial as we look at this uh, passage of scripture. Uh, and, and let's see if we can see it. Uh, and notice the differences. Remember, Jesus has already prayed for a disciple named Peter. We know Peter, Peter, impetuous Peter. Peter, the one who cut a man's ear off last week and had to be reprimanded by Jesus and told him to quit that. You're trying to stop something from happening. The one who appeared to be so fearless the one who would say, I'd die for you at any time. Uh, yeah, Jesus was arrested. And in this mock trial, this kangaroo court, the beginnings of it, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced uh, trauma, tragedy, uh, to the point that you may have said, this is the worst day. This is the worst night of my life. This is the worst night of my life, yet you're here. Can you imagine what's going through the mind of Jesus, Sister Ogletree, as he's being bound and in front of this political uh, charlatan, Anus, and who will move on to Caiaphas. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? The son of God, the one who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but condescended, took on uh, flesh. And he who is creator came down here looking like his creation is being bound in his physical body and is now being tried after being arrested, being tested after being arrested. So tell us, tell us the setting here, verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. I tell you, you can't run past that scripture too uh, quickly. 
I love the way that Sister Taylor read it because you've got to delve into that scripture and see that Jesus has been taken uh, uh, into custody and that Simon Peter has followed him to the place that they're taking him. And in that particular passage of scripture, Deacon Newsom, it says that the other disciple, oh, there's a whole bunch of controversy about who that other disciple is. But I told you, this is, this is a, 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 a scripture, a pericope of parallel, because we see Jesus on the inside and Peter following from afar. That's what Matthew said, said he, he followed from afar. And then John himself says that in the house where Anus was, in the house where the high priest was, there's another disciple. And throughout the centuries, they've argued about who that other disciple is. And many conclude that it is, in fact, John himself who describes himself as the other disciple. Now, that right there should set up some red flags. That should set off your antennas, Brother Bogan, because, ah, I thought there was only one man on trial here. And, and then, as Sister Taylor will read later, well, well, I thought it was just Jesus and Peter. Uh, uh, but if there was a other disciple there, somebody else here is on trial also. And that somebody appears to be the very writer of this text. But whether it is or not, don't get bogged down in that, bogged down in that fact. Because I want you to hear what John, the writer of the gospel, says in, in verse 16. Sister Taylor. But Peter stood at the door without, then went out that other then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. Ah, Mr. Wooten, you see that? This, this other disciple had a hookup. This other disciple knew the high priest. This other disciple, whoever it is, had a connection and was able to be on the inside to observe this mock trial of Jesus. And, and, and the other disciple now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did, did you hear me, Sister Pillow? I said the other disciple. A disciple is a learner and follower of Jesus. Forget his name. Don't worry about his name. But if he is there, with Jesus, who is being tried or tested, is not that disciple on trial? He's one of his followers. Listen to the uh, uh, interrogation, Fred. Because I am amazed by this fact. I, I couldn't get off of that. That, that here, that the narrative is about Jesus. And it should be. But it's also about the disciples and anyone who would follow him. Jesus had already prayed, Sister Taylor, that, that Peter uh, uh, would maintain his faith. And yet we find him following because he's loyal, because he's faithful. He's following. He's following, but he's following from afar. He ain't up in there. But Sister Taylor just read that he's just outside the gate. And that this other disciple has got a hookup to get Peter inside the gate at the high priest's home. He knows him. This is somebody who's influential. This is somebody that they've been dealing with. But if they knew that about him, whether John and, 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 and his brother James, uh, who 
uh, may have sold fish to the high priest, or maybe that their father Zebedee was connected politically, and that's why they knew him. But if they knew him, John, then isn't your question is, didn't they know he was one of the disciples? Wouldn't the news have rung out when he joined Jesus to say, John, did you hear that boy, John? And James, them sons of thunder, they are followers of Christ. Uh, it's just something that has puzzled me. And, and then the description. But, 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 but if you know John as a writer, you know one thing, Deacon Newsom, he often talks about himself in that manner, in the third, you know, John, you know, uh, and the other disciples, he's talking about himself. Does that a resurrection, does that on a couple of other occasions. Very interesting. I want, I, I want you to see something, but if it indeed is John, John and Jesus are being tested and tried on the inside. Peter is being tried and tested on the outside. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Sister Taylor, verse 17 says. Then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, art thou also one of this man's disciples? He Steve, said, did, I did, am did, not. Steve, did you see how Peter gets picked off? But John doesn't. Peter. A little girl says, wait a minute, the keeper of the gate, the one that John went and said, look here, he with me, let him in. Then immediately she notes, hey, ain't you one of them disciples? What about John? I, I, I'm still Steve. I, 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 I'm still wondering, what about John? She didn't ask this of him. But she asked it of Peter, aren't you one of those disciples? You can interject yourself at any time you want to, because now Peter has to answer that young lady. And you know how he answers her? I am not. How many of you have ever been faced in a situation where you are uncomfortable, surrounded by maybe non-believers, surrounded by people who were a threat to the kingdom, and you answered that question either verbally or audibly or silently, I am not. And you answered it by your non-answer or by your audible one. Peter audibly said, I am not. This is the one who said, I'll die for you. I'll cut a rascal's head off for you. But when my life is threatened, when your life is threatened, Steve, I'll cut somebody else's head off. But when my life is threatened, I'll say, hey, look here, Steve, going to take your punishment. Inside, Jesus is going, is, is questioned. Outside, Peter is questioned. Inside, Jesus is questioned, and he does not deny. Outside, Peter is questioned, and he denies. Let's see why. And the servants, Sister Taylor? And the servant and officer stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Uh, you just want to blend them with the crowd. You know, you know that, that group at lunch who get together, those group of athe atheists and say there is no God? You, you, you know that group that gets together and say, I don't know why you folk are out there praying every day. 
uh, 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 do you really believe that Jesus is the son of God? Or uh, they may make a comment, Steve, like, uh, why you always got to talk about this Jesus? Or I heard that you always talk about this Jesus. And you say, uh, you heard me talk about Jesus? That's a denial. That's a betrayal. Isn't it very interesting that I use the word portrayal? Because there are many folk who believe that this other disciple is in fact not John, but in fact Judas, who was known by the high priest. Oh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And who had, because of his relationship with He's playing both sides of the coin because that's what a coward does. That's what a denier does. And now, if it in fact was Judas, we have Peter consorting with the very person who is responsible for Jesus being arrested. Oh, you think about that because it's not important who that person is because you can put yourself in that place. Are you one of the ones who are politically connected with the government and you're in the church? And so you, you know, you got hookups. You can get people in to see the mayor and, and, and the governor and, and, and the councilman and, and even the president. They, they willingly accept you, but they don't accept your Christ. It, isn't that a problem there? Isn't that living a dual life? When, when folk who are on your job don't know that you are a Christian. When you don't ever speak up, when you don't ever be that image bearer, when you don't ever be that witness that you've been called to be. Ah, before you're too hard on either Judas, John, or Peter, we have to jump in ourselves. Because Peter, yes, he's denying on the outside. But Jesus is remaining true. Read, Sister Taylor. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. How did Jesus answer, Sister Taylor? Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I, ever, I even taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whether the Jews always resort. And in secret, I have said nothing. Brother Bolden, do you see that? You see that, Brother Bolden? It said that now the high priest turns, the high priest, the, the one who has the power to drop or further these charges. He asked them a question. He asked Jesus a question. See how the scene shifts? Yet they're in parallel. Because there's something going on on the, outs on the outside. But there's definitely something going on the inside. On the outside, there's denial and betrayal. And on the inside, they go right to the accused. And, it's, and it says, they asked him, Who, what about these disciples? And Jesus said, wait a minute. It, it, it ain't no secret. <laughs> I've been teaching in the synagogue for three and a half years. And if you count that little dissertation I've done at 12, it's been longer than three and a half years. <laughs> Jesus said, it's, it's, it, man, I tell you what, if it's a secret, it's a bad secret. Because everybody knows what I've been taught. And everybody knows who I've been, uh, uh, what I've taught. And everybody knows who I've been talk, talking to. I haven't tried to hide anything in the synagogue and the temples. Wherever the Jews gather, 
I've said nothing in secret. I've made nothing but public statements. Notice something. Jesus didn't say, look here, y'all got the wrong guy. Because for Jesus to say that, Sister Hollis, it would have meant that he was denying himself. He was betraying himself. If Jesus would have said, I am not that person, he would have been lying. And we know Jesus as the God man. And God is not a man that he would lie. Jesus tells the truth in his interrogation. Yet just moments before, on the outside, Peter is lying about who he knows and literally who he is. See, God is not a man that he would lie. He is who he is. The question is the same question that we can go back to Matthew 16 and 16, Minister Brown, and ask that question. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter then declared in the presence of all the disciples and all the witnesses, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. But in front of a little girl who asked him a simple question, aren't you one of those disciples? He said, you got to be tripping. Nah. He denied. What, what happened between Matthew 16 and John 16? What, what happened? Crisis. The worst night of your life. The worst night of your life is a night that you would deny Christ or a night that you would continue denying Christ. Because in the darkest hour, Christ will not deny himself. Why in your little temporary dark hours would you deny Christ? That's a question for all of us this Sunday morning as we study this little lesson in parallel, God is being true because he is truth. Men are weak. And what it shows us is that it's amazing how pressure will make water run uphill. Pressure, pressure will do something to you that's, that's crazy. Pressure will make you deny yourself. Pressure will make you deny Christ. And that's what Jesus was praying about. He was praying that Jesus, that, that, that uh, Jesus prayed that Peter would not lose his faith. And yet we see him exposed. But I'm going to tell you, remember this unit is about trials and triumphs. It means it says that in your darkest night, because Jesus is who he is, and because Jesus will always be who he is, the hope of triumph is always there. It looks bad for Peter, because on the outside, he's lying. On the inside, where it counts, Jesus is telling the truth. On the inside, Jesus is not denying. And on the outside, Peter is denying. So it's just testing and denying, trying and denying. All happening at the same time. All happening. And everybody's on the ledger. And it appears to me it should be an ambiguous equation. Because one and one is not equal in two here. We've got one that's just telling the truth. We've got one that is not denying. we got one on the other side who's denying. That's not equal.
Last week I asked if anybody had ever been arrested. Has anybody ever been a witness in a courtroom? Better still, have any of you ever been, I told you arrested, but have any of you ever been on trial? And how did you plead? Were you guilty and you pled not guilty? Or were you guilty and you pled guilty? You told the truth. You said, I don't want to waste the court's time. Notice that Jesus was not in a, in a formal courtroom, Fred. And I suggest that that's how many of our trials take place. Some of you have been accused of some things and you denied it, yet you were guilty. And some of you were guilty and you didn't deny it. Hooray for you. But whenever your life is jeopardized, Whenever your personal comfort is jeopardized, you can be exactly where Peter is today, that night. And it's the worst night of your life. The night that you can open your mouth and say, I don't know the man. The night that you can open your mouth and says, I'm not one of those disciples. I'm not a follower, a learner of Jesus Christ. The night you can say that, that's the worst night of your life. That's a bad night. Sister Taylor, keep reading. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. What I have said unto them before, they know what I said. Jesus says, and what he's done done here is it's remarkable, but we know Jesus. We, we know that it, he, he would have no problem uh, defending himself, uh, even in this mock trial. He says, wait a minute, you're asking me? He says, ask those that have heard me. They know what I've said. And you know what? By saying that, he's saying they know what I've done. Folks, I'm not trying to hide anything from you. What you're looking for, you're looking at. You just don't know what you're looking for. That was proven in the garden last week. And I'm not going to, to tell you something different from what I've done or said. If you're waiting on that, that's not going to happen. You're not going to trick me into that. There's nothing you can do to me. He's telling, he's telling the high priest, there ain't nothing you can do to me that would make me do that. That's exactly what Peter had said. There ain't, I'll never deny it. Oh, why are you leaving? We're hooked on your mouth. Where you go, we will go. Oh, I'll cut a rascal's head off for you until my head is being threatened. If your head is being threatened, I'll cut somebody else's head off. But if my head is being threatened, well, let's look here. I don't think I know the man. But when Jesus is very light, when he knew what was going to happen, before time was, he knew what would happen because he knew why he came to earth. He remained true. Sister Taylor? And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Can you imagine? I, I, I saw a couple of people flinch <laughs> on the screen. You got the nerve to strike the one who said that he has said everything that you've heard he said? 
Because if you heard everything he has said in the past, you must have heard that he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You, you had to hear him say, I and the Father are one. You had to hear that. And you dare draw your hand to smack God in the face? What do y'all think about this officer? Wait a minute. Don't, don't all y'all unmute now. Wait a minute. <laughs> what, but what do you think about? What do you think about this person that would slap Jesus for saying who he is? And here's what he said. He not only slapped him, he insulted him by saying, you have insulted the high priest. That God can insult man? Oh, I tell you, I don't ever want to be where that officer of the high priest court is. I don't ever want to be here. I don't ever want to meet him. That's one person I don't want to meet in the Bible. He slaps him and then says, don't disrespect the high priest like that. Don't talk to the high priest like this. For years, we've looked at this text. But when you really look at that particular passage of scripture there, you recognize it for what it is. He's just another character in the plot to move the plot forward. So he does his little thing. He impresses man. He impressed everybody that was in that mock kangaroo court that night. But he didn't impress the God man. He did not impress God. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that we do, you know, that doesn't impress God. And all and some of it is just simply denying him, like Peter did, and whoever that disciple was, because I have not heard that disciple speak up yet. Y'all been so focused on Peter. What about the other disciple? He said that. Why, why didn't the other disciple? He's got a hookup. Deacon Newsom went and said, look here, look here, boss. Look here, this guy, he, he, he's, he's the rabbi. Uh, he didn't try anything. He wouldn't even lie. He said not a word. And when I saw that, Sister Taylor, I realized who that disciple was. I knew who that Silent disciple, the disciple with a hookup. I knew what he was because I knew his purpose. His purpose was equal to that of the servant of the high priest who slapped Jesus. Simply as a character to move the plot. Because if he had spoken up, maybe it would have changed. Maybe it would have stopped the narrative. But he's there for a reason. And he's unnamed for a reason. Because there are many unnamed disciples out there right now, Brother Bowman, who will not speak up for fear of their own life or fear of the jeopardy that they put their positions there's some of you that are in those high-powered jobs that you can't speak up or you won't speak up. You won't let people know that you're a Christian because, you know, before, you know, before, uh, uh, you know, they thought you were one of the guys. That's why they promoted you. They thought you were of this world. And then they found out that you were a Christian. What, what will they say? They will make you experience the worst day or the worst night of your life. And that's the day that you have to be quiet. See, many of you, when I ask about what's the worst day of your life, 
you know, you started thinking about the stuff that has happened to you physically, emotionally, and all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you one thing. The worst day you ever had in your life was the worst night you ever had in your life were those days and those nights where you did not accept Christ. Period. They were all the worst days. It was a frightful time. Sister Taylor, we've got to go to church. Jesus answered. Jesus answered him. If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smiteth thou me? I, I, I don't know if you guys uh, are, uh, uh, were ever or still are uh, fans of Perry Mason. But, but, but if you watch Perry Mason uh, very often, Fred, you realize that there comes a point, there comes a climax uh, in uh, the litigation where on a single point, sometimes so minute, you, you, you miss it. But, 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 but it is the climax. It's the thing that turns the case on his head. And Jesus says, I know this is a kangaroo court. I, I, I know this is a mock trial. Uh, but you know what? Even in a mock trial, according to your own law, a man can't testify against himself. <laughs> a, a, a man that somebody has got to be a witness against it. Now that's all. That's how John dealt with it. John didn't deal. Didn't say any more about it, friend. But 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 the more other boys, the other boys that that wrote the gospel. You know what they said? Hey, hey, wait a minute. Look here. Uh, uh, Jesus here is telling them the law says that y'all can't convict me unless you got some witnesses. And, and where are the witnesses? And those other boys said the witnesses showed up because politicians are slick. And when folk want to convict you of something, you can be convicted. Folk, you ain't got to be guilty of anything to be convicted. You don't have to be innocent of anything to be, to, 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 to be uh, found uh, guilty. You don't have to be guilty of anything to be found not guilty. It depends on how the court is structured. And since this is Black History Week, I'll give you one more Black uh, history tip for this week. I talked about uh, Malcolm last week. Uh, how it is that some 55 years later, I think it is, or more, since Malcolm uh, was killed, that we found out that the people that they accused of killing him didn't kill him. I thought they had all the evidence. Steve, I thought the FBI had all the evidence. We know they had all the evidence because they had been recording him. They knew exactly what, exactly what was happening. But if people want to convict you, they're going to convict you. So the other gospel writer says, yeah, they brought in some witnesses, to some false witnesses. That was their counter to Jesus's. You, I got to have witness. You got to have somebody who who witnessed me wrong. You slapped me. The officer of the court slapped me. And I've done nothing wrong. I've said nothing wrong. He slapped me. Go get somebody to testify against me. So according to the other writers, they did. Sister Taylor, and now what? And now Annas had sent him bound into, unto, what is it? Caiaphas, the high priest. Uh huh. And? And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said, therefore, unto him, Art thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, uh, I am not. Uh, so, Annas, what John writes is that he says, Look here, you go on up and talk to the high priest now. We got the case stacked against him. And, and, and that, that there's some beating that occurs. There's some crushing that uh, occurs during this a, a exchange. And Jesus now is going to be moved uh, on to Caiaphas. And Caiaphas, uh, uh, it, it's really interesting. Uh, he's the high priest, the one that is uh, 
that Rome has accepted, uh, uh, the relative of Annas, uh, the, the previous one who had all the political power, uh, he, he uh, 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 in the Jewish community, uh, he is uh, 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 going to receive him next. But meanwhile, that's what was on the inside of Annas's place. On the outside, Peter stood warming himself. He was comfortable. He, he, was, he was real comfortable until someone said again, aren't you one of them disciples? You sure you aren't one of those disciples? I, I, you know you're one of those disciples. And he says, I am not. They asked him again. They had asked Jesus the second time. He said, I am exactly who you say I am. He did not deny. They asked Peter a second time. And Peter said, I told y'all, I ain't one of those disciples. Peter, Peter, you've been given two chances. And you said, I don't know it. Verse 26. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, who ear Peter cut off, said, did not I see thee in the garden with him? Now a witness is brought in against Peter, Steve. See, see these parallels? Notice the difference of what's happening on the inside versus what's happening on the outside. But, but but similar, but so different. Similar, but such a different result. Peter lying. Peter denying. Christ accepting who he is. Understanding uh, what his purpose is. Peter still denying a second time. And then a witness comes and says, wait a minute. Didn't you cut off my cousin here? Ain't you wait a minute? My memory ain't that short. The garden just happened a few hours ago. Aren't you that same Peter that cut off the ear of my cousin? Yeah, you you him. And as a matter of fact, if you read uh, one of them, I think it's Mark. He, 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 Mark says, Mark and Luke uh, uh, says that, uh, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> you even sound like that guy. Because, see, Peter was a Galilean. And he had a Galilean accent. He talked like them boys down there in Judea. He said, wait a minute. I know you're one of them disciples. And I know you're the guy that cut off my cousins in Malchus. Remember Malchus? Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. Three times. Y'all didn't hear three times. And as a matter of fact, the other gospel writers say, Steve, that he had a way cross accent and started cussing. Say that Peter cussed? Man, I don't know. What, what are you talking? What? No, no. They didn't say Peter said he just simply denied him a third time. Peter said, I done told y'all I ain't that person. And he started cussing to make his point. And then if you think I'm the guy that cut off that guy's ear, imagine what I'll do to you if you keep on accusing me. I'm not that guy. And a very interesting thing happened. When Jesus finally says, I am he, I, I'm the one that you're talking about. Anus told him to go on. But when Peter says, I am not that guy, Sister Taylor, please tell me what happened. Please Peter tell then, me so we can go to church. Please tell me what happened. Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. So if you're asking, why would Peter do this? Because Christ said he would.
Christ had already said, Peter, before the day is over, when the before the rooster is able to get out of bed, you will deny me three times. And if Jesus says it, it's going to happen. So if Jesus says he is who he is, he's who he is. But if Peter says, who he is, you can suspect it. And I'm going to tell you why. One of the things that it points out here, Brother Bowman, is that before these verses that Sister Taylor read for us today, Peter was known as the one, don't mess with Peter. Peter hurt you about Christ. He went from in a matter of hours from one that, hey, this boy, this loud mouth boy, will cut your head off for Christ to this little whimpering, trying to keep warm uh, disciple is one that wouldn't bother nobody. The only, the worst thing he going to do is cuss somebody if you accuse him of being with Christ. Because when we rely on our own strength, this is the result. And so, because I know some of you are wondering, I, I saw your little expressions on your face. Why is it that, how is it that Jesus prayed for Peter that he wouldn't lose his faith? And yet it seemed like he losing his faith. Jesus's high priestly prayer in chapter 17 was a strategic prayer. And it was answered. Because what happens is that he prayed that Peter would never lose his faith, that he would always have power through his faith. And that's what Peter had. But Peter, in this instance, relied on his own self. He stepped outside of his faith. And he failed. And that will happen to all of us. Everybody on this line, to including the Honorable Minister Harriet Brown, if you say, don't ever say what you won't do, because like I told you, pressure will make water run uphill. The issue is, God is able to take you from where you are to where you need to be. And that no matter how much you fall, God is able to pick you up. That's the triumph in this story because we see that Peter failed miserably. He's out of the game, folk. I, I see you, Brother Wooten. You, you're saying, hey, there ain't no hope for this Peter. He didn't deny Christ. He has, and in his denial, he has betrayed Christ. Yes. How in the world can Peter go on? Well, if you fast forward, you guys know the story. Peter went on to become the Peter you and I now know. Not only the person who cut the ear off. Not only the loudmouth, not only who, one who made the declaration, but Peter went on to be used. This same Peter who denied with his lips, Steve, cried out on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls at a minimum came asking, what must I do to be saved? The same Peter who denied Christ. So yes, all of you have had your moments of denying and thusly portraying Christ, but God can still use you. He, he, he knew that you would deny. You've got to ask yourself, why am I denying? 
Well, for what reasons now? Is it so that I'll be accepted in the fraternity? Well, I, so that I'll be accepted uh, in, 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 in certain religious circles uh, so that uh, I can hang out with the people I like hanging out with? Is that why I'm denying? You need to turn from your wicked ways, just as Peter was turned. And the only way you can do it, now it makes so much sense that Christ would declare in Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You ain't got no power now. Oh, you can deny him quick. But when the Holy Ghost is in you, how are you going to deny Christ when the Holy Spirit indwells you? The genius of Christianity is that you can begin again. And we'll see. Through Peter's worst night, when he denied Christ, he'll still be able to use it. And you know what? As we go, this had to be Christ's worst night. On earth. Because it wasn't a night that he was laid in an animal's trough that was his worst night. It was the night that he was bound and arrested, beaten and battered, and betrayed and denied by folk that were close to him. I don't think any of us ever had a night like that. A night where everybody you know would not stand up for you. When you your life is in danger, your life is going to be taken away from you. It's got to be your worst night. But even in your worst night, even in your darkest night, Christ is right there with you. Christ was right there inside the palace with Peter while Peter was in the garden denying when he was in the outer gate there denying him. That's the hope that we have. That even at my worst mistake, my worst stumbling, Brother Davis, Christ is able to lift me up because he was lifted up. See y'all next week.